So how, how have you educated your own family? You know, I mean, when we first found out a little bit had food allergies, the older three, you know, couldn't read. So I thought this is this is going to be really tough. And I designed a little symbol at the time. It was sort of like a little warning. Um, it, it, you know, we had had the Mr. Yuck stickers when we were little that told us what we could or couldn't eat. And so we had just designed this bright green little sticker. And um, I launched this website, Allergy Kids, to really educate and pull in the community because that felt really fractured too, you know, to realize that, you know, there were so many people that were dealing with this and yet they were being dismissed or their voices weren't being heard and to sort of pull people in together. So, you know, we started teaching the kids and I mean, I'm not kidding. We were horrible. The food was horrible that I had in my house. And it was, you know, tubes of blue yogurt and Lego Mayago waffles and dino nuggets and, you know, vats and vats of mac and cheese. And I just trusted that if it was on grocery store shelves, it had been deemed safe. What I hadn't realized was that the FDA's budget is so small that they don't have the budget to conduct independent safety studies. So they simply ask these companies to basically approve their own products. So, you know, that's that's a bit of a conflict of interest right there. And when you realize that other countries are doing it totally differently, you know, and that our own American food companies are formulating totally differently to those standards overseas without artificial dyes, without artificial growth hormones, without GMOs, you know, our own companies like Kraft and Coke and Walmart were doing this overseas. I thought, why aren't they doing this here? So, you know, with that, it was finding the courage and the strength really to begin to advocate on this 10 years ago when I can promise you people looked at you like you had three three heads. It was not, nobody was talking about it yet. You know, I kept coming back to the business model because I thought, you know, that's a language that doesn't have any emotion in it. It's just the numbers and people can understand profit motive. And it's 100% what happened here is that we just swapped out all these real ingredients, swapped in all these fake things because it helped drive margins. And I mean, that makes a ton of sense, but those costs, it's turning out have been externalized onto the health of our families, onto the health of our communities, like you guys are seeing with the spraying of that part, onto the health of our schools. Corporations have just whopper healthcare costs that they're that they're having to pay. And I look at all of this now and I think, you know, we talk about military, we talk about healthcare, you know, we talk about these kind of key systems. It is absolutely time that we talk about our food system. And you have a video on your site right now, robinobrien.com of a family in Sweden. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, yeah, I mean, you bring up such a good point. And again, it's where I think if you, if this comes from a place of love, it's it's like a gift you get to give yeah, and absolutely. who doesn't want to get a gift, you know, but if it's pushed and it feels preachy, you, you know, you just, you're, you're going to get a totally different response. So you're I think to get anywhere. Yeah. Right. So I think, you know, you're kind of extreme or militant. Yeah. And to share it from this place of love, but you know, this, this word organic, it, it's an adjective that is just loaded, you know, and it can conjure mm-hmm. up guilt or shame, or I haven't chosen this, or I can't afford to. And, you know, somebody's mm-hmm. mind just runs in a million different directions. And it's like to step back and understand, and I had to do this because, you know, it drove me crazy too. It's like, why do I have to pay so much more for this right. organic food? You know, it totally drove me nuts as a mom of four and my husband's in finance too. And, you know, so I stepped back from that and I realized that here in the U.S. with our big national food budget that we all pay into as a big national family with our taxpayer dollars, those resources, those financial resources that we pay in 
are being used to support this chemically intensive operating system, this, you know, genetically engineered and all this Roundup and all this stuff that's sprayed on these fields. And so the farmers basically have a choice. You can get all this financial support over here or none of it over here on organic, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's so lopsided, even as a farmer, and they've got to support their family. So they go, they lean towards this chemically intensive way because they get all this financial support in the term of subsidies, they get marketing support, and they get crop insurance program support. Meanwhile, the guys that choose to grow things organically, which means by law without, you know, artificial growth hormones or these genetically engineered ingredients and these synthetic weed killers like Roundup, they're then charged fees to prove their stuff is safe and they're charged fees to label it. And then they don't get the same marketing and the insurance support that the other guys get. So their whole cost of production is higher. And I looked at that and I'm like, that's crazy. That's like fining them because they're wearing their seatbelt, you know, and if we had a choice as taxpayers, when we sent that money in, which one would we choose, you know, and at the very least at this point now with demand for organic skyrocketing, where you see it in Safeway and Costco and Walmart and Kroger, 12% increase every year right now, why aren't we at least leveling that playing field economically for the farmers so that it's at least neutral there? Because if it's neutral there, then guess what? It becomes neutral as it flows through into the grocery store. But we haven't structured it that way. And so, you know, there was this fascinating video that came out of Sweden. And, you know, I can't remember who shared it. It has had maybe 2,000 views. Mm-hmm. And somebody sent it over to me and I was like, this is this is massively powerful. Because they took a mm-hmm. family that was on a budget that said, you know, we can't afford organic. And they put them on an organic diet. They literally cleaned out everything in their kitchen and put all organic into their kitchen. And it was a family of five, you know, with three kids and put them on an organic diet and then monitored because of, you know, budget constraints, they could, they could only monitor a certain number of these pesticides and they monitored these these levels of these pesticides in the family by measuring, you know, the content in their urine over this two-week period and it dropped. As powerful as that is, again, it's like, okay, it drops. So, you know, you're going to assume hopefully that's a good thing. But then it's like, what is all of this doing to us? And what's it doing in combination? And what's it doing in accumulation? And, you know, what's it doing to a developing child or a little boy with autism or a mother that's seven months pregnant or a grandmother who maybe has Alzheimer's or a grandfather who maybe has pancreatic cancer? What is this doing? And I think, you know, we're at this place in time now where I thank goodness with social media and the internet and our accessibility and our connectivity, we're at this place where we can start to ask these really important questions. And so that, it turned out that was um, a co-op, a a grocery store group in Sweden. It was really trying to look at it. And I actually ended up hearing from the producers because when we shared it, it went totally viral. And they said, you know, we we took a total risk. We had no idea what was going to happen with that family when we decided to do it. We had such a low budget that we could only measure a handful of these things. And, you know, for them to have seen the response to that video around the world, you know, it spoke to mm-hmm. so many things, in my opinion. It spoke to this universal desire we have to protect the health of our families, this universal desire that we do have to try to feed our families organic, and the struggle, the economic and financial struggle that is there for so many of us, you know, with how can we do this? How can we afford to do this? And I think that's the heartache in it right now is there are so many families who wish that it was more affordable, and it's not yet. And as I really looked at that, you know, and realized, you know, it was policy, it was things like the farm bill, it was the subsidy program. That's, that is major, major stuff. And that was really when I locked in and realized, you know, this is the work of a generation and the work of a lifetime. I know personally, I'm going to be doing it until I have a silver ponytail. And thankfully, there are so many others 
who are that, you know, committed at that level. Um, you know, I think what's fascinating right now is there are people inside organic food companies, inside big food companies, inside big retailers who feel this way because, you know, what I've seen in the first 10 years of the work is that cancer and autism and food allergies do not care where we live or where we work or what side of the aisle we're on. To me, it is just one of the greatest, most important human rights issues of our time. Absolutely. What, what are you working on right now that you're really excited and passionate about? You know, it's interesting. I mean, I'm contacted all the time by uh, food companies, by members of Congress. And I think it's because, thankfully, I... Uh, you know, was schooled kind of in the finance place, but I, to speak the language of the mother, to speak the language, the financial language, you know, where I can speak to a board or speak to an executive. And then I'm really, really solutions oriented. And the, the thing that I'm really focused on right now is the fact that people are waking up and they realize they want organic, you know, because it means that it's free from artificial dyes, artificial growth hormones, genetically engineered ingredients, synthetic weed killers, things like sewage sludge, you know, by law, organic is free from those ingredients. So, People are waking up and saying, okay, I want more organic. problem we have in the United States is less than 1% of U.S. farmland is organic agriculture. So there's a huge bottleneck. So let's say I was the CEO of one of these mega companies. You know, I'd say, well, what if we even, if we want to switch, we can't because the supply chain's not there. So that's a huge focus of mine is really kind of opening up that bottleneck, getting these companies to commit to converting to organic agriculture. And, it, and it's it's in their best interest. I mean, if their consumer is moving yeah. this way, it's absolutely mm-hmm. in their best financial interest and the best interest of their shareholders, as well as their stakeholders to really try to open up that, that supply. And I think companies that just it, it was massive when they when they shared this with me was you know Chipotle said I asked them I said what are you guys feeding your animals because you know a lot of the animals right now are living on this genetically modified corn or soy mm-hmm. and there are concerns around that in other countries and so you know Chipotle said we're committed to it um, but we have to source non-GMO livestock seed from China and Romania because we can't get enough of it here in the United States and I just thought like that is that is crazy. Yeah. Like that is a huge, huge economic opportunity for our farmers, for our economy, mm-hmm. for the United States. And we are outsourcing that whole thing to China and Romania. So, you know, again, it's like, how do we, how do we really open this conversation, have people understand that it's not, it's not a fad, it's not a trend that, you know, unfortunately the health of our families is being hammered and that this is a fundamental shift in the way we are approaching food. And so we need a fundamental shift in the way that it's grown in our country. So thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview. We really appreciate it. And we're thrilled to have you at the Women's Wellness Conference, which is right around the corner, October 9th through the 11th at the Costa Mesa Hilton in California. And Robin O'Brien will be joined with other best-selling author speakers, including Carolyn Mace, Marianne Williamson, Dr. Alan Christensen. We had such a great lineup this year, packed with powerhouse speakers, and everyone's invited. You can still get a ticket, but they are selling out fast, so register at the link listed below. And thank you again, Robin, for your time. Thanks so much.